What's up, everybody? It's Ruben J here uh, in the studio. Kind of a little makeshift studio. I'm recording off of my iPhone today. I'm doing something very new. Uh, it's a busy, busy week. Uh, but welcome to Strictly Showbiz, the podcast where I give you audio awesomeness for just free 99. That's right. Free 99. Uh, again, welcome to Strictly Showbiz. My name is Ruben J. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Strictly Showbiz and at the Ruben J on Twitter. Now, today's show brought to you by Gondola Adventures, our friends in Newport Beach, Irving, Texas, and Lake Las Vegas. If you're looking for a romantic date, go to gondola.com for special deals and uh, offers that are going on. Gondola Adventures, where every day is Valentine's Day. And make sure you tell them that Ruben J sent you. Well, today, this podcast intro is going to be really quick and short because Cat Show, who is my guest on today's episode from The Voice Season 5, is a great guest. And I don't want you to wait too long to talk to her. Um... And because I'm doing this literally on my way to, uh, on my way out of town, so I got to make sure that I don't miss uh, my opportunity to carefully leave town. Um, so if you hear different noises in the background, you know, like the car or whatever, um, that's just me kind of walking out the door on my way to wherever I'm going. Uh, so before we get too far into things today, of course, this Sunday is WrestleMania, one of my favorite weekends of the year. I am looking forward to many matches. The main event, including main events, including Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Uh, we have Undertaker versus Bray Wyatt, Sting versus Triple H, Randy Orton versus Seth Rollins, Intercontinental Ladder Match featuring Stardust, R Truth, uh, the champion Bray uh, um, uh, Wade Barrett, uh, Dolph Ziggler, Dean Ambrose. I mean, there's great matches going on this weekend at WrestleMania. Make sure you catch my post-WrestleMania special podcast. Uh, I don't know what it will be called. It won't be Strictly Showbiz, but it will be with the Viewpoint Network, so I can't wait to release that audio awesomeness for that. Uh, And the only thing I really want to talk about real quickly going into today's episode is uh, Paul Walker has some great friends uh, who are remembering him now that, that Fast uh, Furious Seven's coming out. Uh, Vin Diesel doing the ultimate tribute to Paul Walker by naming his newborn baby daughter after him. Uh, Vin Diesel had a baby, uh, I think, about a week and a half ago or so, uh, naming the baby girl Pauline. And at the end of the day, that's the most... Oh, excuse me. Hi. That is the most... Um, that's the highest honor you can give somebody is naming your kid after them. Uh, it's a huge, huge honor for Paul, and it's it's something that I hope one day, if you know, I hope I make an impact in someone's life, that they decide to make a baby and then name it after me. Be weird though, I think if I'm still alive, that'd be weird. Anyway, that's all I have for you this week uh, for the entertainment news portion of it. Again, this Sunday, WrestleMania, my WrestleMania post-show. Make sure you tune into that. Um, and now, get ready for Cat Roby Show from The Voice. It's time for me to talk to my guest for this episode of Strictly Showbiz. 
Uh, she was one of the contestants on season, I believe, season six or season five of The Voice. Um, five. Season five. Please welcome Kat Robish. Robish. Oh, man. Are you doing it again? Uh, Robish Show, right? Yeah, Robish Show. Robish Show. Oh, my gosh. I remember I remember the first time you and I talked at The Voice, it took me forever to get your name right. And then I finally got it right. And then, you know, we didn't see you for a long time. And then we did another interview after that, and I couldn't get it right again. So I think I need to, like, <laughs> permanently just have your name, like, recorded somewhere so that I can hear it every time we, you and I talk. Uh, <laughs> well, I have it spelled phonetically on um, – it's my, my Twitter handle is show. Yes. Oh, that – I did that for a reason. It's hard to pronounce. Yeah, you know what? And it's funny because every season <laughs> of The Voice, there's at least one person that has – like an extremely difficult name for me to say, you know, and it's like uh-huh. I'm a professional broadcaster. I can't say people's names. Um, <laughs> and then I see Carson Daly say it flawlessly on t- on national television. And I'm just like, why can't I just be as talented as Carson? And, and then you know, I'm sad. But speaking uh, of practice, yeah, that's true. That's true. And then and plus, he has people telling him how it's said. I have to guess in front of you guys to try not to look like a complete idiot uh, on how it's pronounced. But uh, <laughs> but welcome to the show. <laughs> It's been a while since you and I chatted. Last time we we talked was, I think, maybe less than a month after you were eliminated from The Voice and you were jumping in the studio and you were doing a bunch of crazy, fun stuff. And, and now you have an album out. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but how are you? How have you been? I'm doing great. Um, I live in San Francisco now, and I absolutely love it. <laughs> well, I remember, I remember you like immediately, you know, obviously after the show ended, uh, they fly you back home, and I think you flew yourself back out here like a month later uh, to work on the album, which I thought was awesome and amazing. And now you're living here in California, which welcome to California. I, you know, I, obviously, you know, some of the people want us to talk about the voice, and we'll talk about that briefly. But I, I want to focus a little bit more on, you know, the new stuff happening in, in your career. But let's go ahead, let's go back to the voice, you know, and talk about. Obviously, you had, I think, probably one of the more tough times on the voice because you know the first couple of of you know, I think the first live show you were in the bottom three. I think you were saved or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like the next week, again something similar. I think you were sent home pretty quickly. And and I I told you about how I felt about that back then. You know, um, I felt like you weren't given the chance to really show your artistry. Um, you know, uh, are there any thoughts now? I mean, looking back on the show, do you have any thoughts of where you wish, like, oh, I wish I could have done this differently on the show, or? I should have picked this song instead of that song, or I should have fought more for this, or, or anything like that with the show? Yeah, I mean, you can never tell how America is going to respond mm-hmm. to your decision. You know, I, I I remember I picked one song, and everybody that works on The Voice, they were all like, oh, God, this is really going to, you know, excite America. People are just going to love this. Um, you're going to win so many votes with this. And it was the first performance that, um, that put me in the bottom three. And it wasn't, it didn't have anything to do with the song. The song is beautiful, but it just wasn't the right song for me. And I should have done, um, I should have done a, a, a rock and roll song, um, and something that represented me more as an artist. Um, and it wasn't any, any, any fault to the show. It was just, you know, you're in this crazy bubble and you get super paranoid. Um, and you overthink everything instead of just, you know, being yourself, um, you know, and, and everybody tries to help you and nobody can predict what's going to happen, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I just, I, I think I would have rather than tried to, to appeal to everybody in America, if I had to do, to do it over again, 
I would just try to appeal to the people that like the same exact music that I like, even if it was a smaller percentage of people, you know? Yeah, well, I think that's where you get the most loyalty out of the I mean, look at people. I mean, the most successful artists on The, on the Voice have been country artists, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's because, you know, they know what they want to be. And uh, America, for whatever reasons, The Voice obviously has a higher percentage of country fans than anything. But they know what they want to do. And they that fan base supports them, you know, 900%. Um, <laughs> whereas the rest of the fan base, they're just looking for anyone who excites them that night or somebody who... You know, uh, whoever the best looking one is, or what I mean, people have some weird voting criteria uh, on this show. I know some people who who vote based on the outfits people wear. I'm like, it's not called the dress; it's called the voice. You know, like you should mm-hmm. you should be voting on these people based on their talent, not what you know the glam team decided to dress them up as. Um, now, um, you know, you have an album out. It's called, you know, it's, it's Cat Rubbershaw and the Rubbershaw, sorry, and the Darling Misfits. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna do this every single time. People, it, it's okay. Here, here's a drinking game. Every time I mess up her name, take a shot. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna get my tequila bottle. I'm gonna start drinking now. Um, but um, since you know, since the show, did you learn anything that you while you were on the show that you had then applied to the recording and writing process of this album? I'm sorry, what? Um, after the show, I mean, did you learn anything on the show that you then were able to apply to the recording and writing process of your album? Well, not the writing process, because you don't do any writing on the show, but um, I learned a lot about, like, vocal warm-up, and, um, you know, basically, you know, they give you these great um, vocal lessons, um, and I had uh, I had Deborah Bird and Trelawney Rose, and I was very, very lucky um, to have that experience. Um, and, you know, they just, I, you know, I grew up in, in the church choir and then you go on the road for eight years in a rock and roll band and you kind of forget, you forget all the rules. Um, and it was nice to go back and, and relearn things like breathing, breathing techniques and, um, stuff like that, that, that really helped me, um, become a better singer. Yeah. So, um, I was definitely able to use, use that on on the album awesome that's great and and i i've listened to a couple songs here and there obviously the first i think the first single off the record was somebody called the doctor um Mm -hmm. and i I thought that was a great song um now um this band was this the band that you you met out here in california or was it a band that you've been working with for a while or how did you meet the darling misfits well the darling misfits are are anybody um they could pick you me, anybody in the audience, um, anybody that feels like they don't belong. Um, that's really who I'm talking about when I say the Darling Misfits. Uh-huh. Um, my band uh, that recorded with me was comprised of several um, former band members from my previous band, The Design, and then a couple of people that I got to handpick because um, the Kickstarter gave me you know, the ability to hire the people that I really wanted to hire, um, that I really wanted to work with. And so I was very lucky for that. And then I moved out to San Francisco about nine months ago, not knowing anybody, um, and just basically said, when I get here, I'm going to hit the ground hard, and I'm just going to go out to shows, and I'm going to introduce myself to musicians. And just through that, um, I didn't even have to Craigslist it, which I've had to do a million times in the past, put a (laughs) band together. Yeah, um, I just poached basically two bands in the area. Um, I poached them and asked if they would come play with me and, and they, they did. And then, you know, it's, it's a little difficult because they're in other bands um, mm-hmm. and I really can't afford to pay them a retainer to, you know, you know, you can only play in my band, you know? Yeah. So I do have to work around their schedules um, and it would be easier if it was just like one band and then they come and play with me. But, um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's working out pretty well. And then a lot of times uh, the shows that I do are just with my keyboardist because um, it's more of like uh, an intimate setting. Gotcha. And I get to, yeah, I get to like talk to the audience more and be a little bit more, you know, personal. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, and I think that's that fits your style pretty pretty well as well. I mean, you have this, you know, you have this performer side that I I loved on the voice. I mean, you were definitely the theatrics of it all. But I think, um, you know, you and I talked. I mean, you and I, I remember one night after the voice, you and I, I think we stood at the red carpet for like forty five minutes just talking <laughs> after the show, and everyone's just like sitting there, like, all right, guys, can you like wrap this up? Oh yeah, they hated me for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you took your time, you talked with everybody, and I, and I loved you for that. You know, um, a lot mm-hmm. of people were just like, oh yeah, I'll just answer a couple questions and we'll bounce. You know, I'm like. Okay, yeah, but your your fans are wanting to get to know you, you know. Um, yeah. And uh, and so now, you know, here we are now, you know, uh, a year. Has it been a year now that you were on The Voice? Oh my gosh. Yeah, uh, a little little more than a year. Yeah. Holy mm-hmm. moly, man! That's it. Seems like time flies with this show. Um, it does. Two I, seasons a year. Yeah, I mean, and that's why I'm like, were you on season five or season six? I don't remember what season you were on. Um, and I did that. Yeah, the other day, no, but, it goes by really fast. Yeah, I did that with somebody else the other day. I'm like, what season were you on again? Like, I was just, we're on right now. I'm like, oh, that's right. Um, <laughs> it's it's terrible. I mean, American Idol actually gives people the time to, like, get used to their winner and, like, potentially support them. The voice is like, okay, we got a winner. Let's look for another one, you know, right away. And then, I think that's one of the problems that they have with the show is, I mean, you know this. They don't create stars. Um, but uh, anyway, rant's over. Uh, <laughs> now. <laughs> Uh, the, the, so this album, uh, how long did it take you to put together? I mean, because I remember, like I said, like you were like working on it almost instantly as soon as you were done with the voice. You know, so how long did, did, were you like in the studio working on this? So um, some of the songs I had I had written, you know, a year or two ago, maybe three. Like then, you know, you you do that. Like when you're when you're a musician and you write music, um, you kind of build a catalog and then and then you pull from it. Um, over the years, uh, and um, you know, sometimes you you just completely rehash things. Um, like there was one song, uh, "Definition of Pretty," where I had written the um, I'd written the verse. It's just a little club. They'll never let me in. They'll never say, "Oh, okay." That's all I had, and I wrote that I don't know, like four or five years ago, and then I just. You know, I never, I never knew what to do with it, and I, I kind of, you know, because I still remembered it four years later. I was like, "There's something to that," so I picked it back up and, um, and just kind of played with it a little bit more, and 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 discovered, you know, what the chorus was and what I was really trying to say with the song. Um, um, but uh, let's see, let's see. I got off the show in in November, and then uh, we did the Kickstarter, I think, in March. And then, um, like while we were doing the Kickstarter, I was in the studio working on stuff. I had about a month to prep. And then, um, May is when we started, uh, rehearsing and then, and then recording. Um, yeah. And it was, it was a really nice process. Um, I actually recorded the album in Pittsburgh, North Carolina, um, at Manifold Studios. And, um, they were very generous with the space. They let me come in. They have this beautiful, uh, Yamaha, grand piano from 1988 and it's just gorgeous and I would just sit at the piano and they would just leave me alone and let me do my thing and I just sat in there and there were no distractions and I just wrote and it was it was really nice and um I worked with Ian Schreier uh who's my producer on the album and 
you know, he made some really great suggestions and we were definitely on the same page, like 90% of the time. So yeah, I mean, I was just really lucky and I wouldn't have been able to do any of that had it not been for the voice and um, had it not been for Kickstarter, you know, Mm -hmm. um, for the people that were willing to back me and believe in me when I had nothing to show them (laughs) other than um, my previous work, um, because I had written two albums before that, you know, had nothing to do with this, completely different music now. Um, Yeah, so, yeah, thanks to everybody who just believed in me and trusted me. That was really cool of you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, anytime people are willing to to basically put their money in front of a product, you know, they say, I believe in this product, even though there is nothing to show for it yet. I mean, that's a huge compliment mm-hmm. to, to the person who is, is, yeah. is producing it, you know? And I think, uh, you know, I respect your work and I, I loved your, your stuff on the voice and I love this album. And I think, I think more people need to, to, to hear Cat Rubbish Show's music, you know, and, and um, you know, I, I made a deal with you. I'm going to invite all my friends out to the April 21st show here in Los Angeles. We'll talk about that in a second um, because I, I believe that you're, you have an incredible talent. You, you have an incredible talent. I, again, like I said, I think that America did not give you the proper chance on The Voice. You know, um, oh, thank you. Uh, I, I I don't think you know. Yeah, you get to know the contestants, the blinds, and and the the knockouts and all that stuff. But I really do not think they gave you the chance in the live rounds to show what you what kind of an artist you were. Um, and I got to know you after the fact, you know, through the the after you know the after show interviews. So I knew where you wanted to go and I knew that the show wasn't going to give you the chance to do it. Unfortunately, uh, now you have the chance to show what kind of an artist you are. And, uh, I guess, I guess the question here would be, you know, what, what do you hope people learn about you through your music that you release now post, you know, the reality show? Um, basically just how fucking weird I am. <laughs> I just don't give a fuck. Um, you know, but you know, I, I have to say the voice really did, try very hard to keep me on the show. Um, anything that I asked for that gave me, I was pretty spoiled. Um, I think it was just, I don't think it was the show. I think it was America. Um, and not to put America down, but it's, I think, I think a lot of times, I think it's just like the kind of people that watch the show. Yeah. Um, and several times it was said to me, uh, because, um, you know, there were a few people that had worked on, now I'm forgetting the name of the show, but there was, there was like, there was a, there was a, a singing competition show it only had a couple seasons and it went off the air because it wasn't popular because oh, rock and roll. I'm sorry, what? Was it X Factor? No, it wasn't X Factor. It was something like, I, it was It was predominantly like, it was just rock and roll musicians. Huh, um, Josh, Josh was actually on the show um, and he told me about it. But um, yeah, um, but I had so many people say, you would have won that. You would have won that show. And it was me, this really weird artist, that if I had not been so scared shitless on that show of really and truly being myself, because, I mean, I am, I am, that was like cat light, you know, and it was, a lot of it had to do with censorship and the voice, you know, they have to, they have to go along with, um, with, uh, the FCC, you know, they can't, they can't, they, they wanted me to wear whatever the hell I wanted to wear. It was just, you know, it's a family show, mm. and I understand, and it, you know, and it's just the way that, that this country works, and you just can't wear certain things. And I would, I would come out of the dressing room wearing something, and they would just go, "No, cat, you can't wear that." <laughs> um, 
but I get to wear it now. And and certainly living in San Francisco, I can pretty much do whatever the hell I want. Yeah. Um, and I thought, so I, I got to, um, we, my band just opened for um, Kavehi, which is, uh, which is a YouTube sensational artist. She, uh, she has a loop pedal and she, she records all these like vocal loops and creates a song and she's amazing. But um, her crowd is not my crowd at all. And I knew that there wouldn't be a single person in the audience who knew who I was. And, um, and I was a little concerned. And my friend said, you know, you might want to tone it down just a little bit. Because I go out, and I'm, and I'm going to be the same way um, on April 21st at Hotel Cafe. I go out in lingerie. I go out in these tiny little girly, girly clothes and kick my leg around and just, you know, say crazy things and, and I'm just myself, you know? And, um, and I thought, um, that performing that way in front of Kavehi's fan, I was going to perform to just crickets, but the audience loved it. And it the reception was amazing and people were clapping so loudly. And, and I just looked out and I just saw this sea of smiles because I think people really respond to, to a person being themselves. Mm. It's refreshing. And, there have been so many times that I've gone back and, 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 and thought about the way that I behaved on The Voice. And it was like, the way I would describe it is just constantly sitting up straight. You know what I mean? But it had nothing to do with the show. It was just the way that I thought I should behave on the show. Is be a good girl. Be a good girl. Don't fall out of line. Um, and it had nothing to do with the show. It was just, it was just my, my mental um, perception of do this and America will like you. And it wasn't like I wasn't myself, but I was just afraid to really be myself. And I think what I, what I gained from the Kickstarter and I gained from people showing me that they liked me for who I was, was I made an album that was incredibly unapologetically me. Yeah. And like, that was cool for the first time. And the reception that I've received from the album is that people love it. And that makes me so happy because it could have been, it could have been the opposite. It could have been people getting upset that they donated their money. Um, they felt betrayed. Like, this isn't what you promised us. We don't like this. No, it's been the exact opposite. People love it. And it's so rewarding. It makes me feel really, really good. And I wouldn't be able to enjoy the album if, if other people didn't, you know? But, you know, I just, I was just myself. And it was cool. I got to do that. Now, I guess, and that, the cool thing is, is people who who backed you liked your album. You know, uh, a lot of times, mm-hmm. a lot of times, there's there's kickstarters where people they put their money in, and then the product was nothing like they expected. You know, mm-hmm. and and a lot of times that creator will then go and do another kickstarter, and will lose a lot of the people that, that supported them the first time. You know, I guess the good thing here is that if you decided to do the kickstarter route again for your next album, which is a good route to go if you don't have a label. You know, um, you'll have people there to to back you, you know. Um, so have you started thinking about, you know, your, your next album and, and what the, the future might hold with that? No, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> no. I mean, I'm, I'm writing, I'm yeah. writing, but right now my focus is on getting this album out and getting as many people to hear it that, that don't know who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's hard to do when you don't have any money. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. As far as, like, I can't afford PR. I can't. Um, I just can't. Um, I'm doing the best that I can to play the shows. And, I to, you know, it's really expensive to live in San Francisco, but I, I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. Um, I would like to, you know, I'd like to get to get on a tour. And I'm just thinking about possibly 
doing a Kickstarter for a tour, but I would yeah. have to really be very organized with that. And right now I'm, I'm doing the radar effect of playing my hometown. Well, San Francisco is my hometown now playing San Francisco and just building up and building up a, a fan base. Because the thing is nobody in San Francisco watches the voice. I am constantly explaining to Lyft drivers that I am quote unquote famous, <laughs> <laughs> Which, if you have to explain to a Lyft driver if you're famous and you're not really, um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, no, I just, uh, long way to go, long way to go. But I'm definitely, I'm thinking, I'm definitely thinking about the future writing another album. But right now, like, my main focus is really, really about getting this album into many outlets as I, as I possibly can. Getting, giving people the chance to hear it. And, you know, like, a lot of people have come forward and said, well, damn, we didn't know that you had a Kickstarter. We would have loved to contribute, you know? Yeah. So, um, and, and, and God knows I did everything I possibly could to advertise that Kickstarter, you know? Yeah, well, you know, sometimes it, it takes a little bit more. By the way, we're sponsored by Uber, so I think we just, um, I think we upset my Uber sponsors. Uh, <laughs> um, hold I'm totally, on, hold on. I'm wait, totally kidding. Wait, wait, wait. You can, you can delete that. Um, I'm totally, so, I'm totally here kidding. Here we go, here we go, here we go. <laughs> um, uh, let me see. Um, I, I constantly find myself explaining to Uber drivers <laughs> that that I'm famous and that I was on a television show, and they don't know. And, you, uh, and listen, if you have to explain to an Uber driver that you're famous, you're not really famous. Okay, uh, I love you. Was... <laughs> and if you decide, if those of you out there who decide to use Uber for the first time, go ahead and use the Uber code Uber Ruben on the radio. That's my Uber code. Uh, but <laughs> I was I was joking by the way, but uh, we we have sponsors with Lyft and and Uber. Um, oh good, oh yeah, good. we're good. Well, we, we I like a big fuzzy mustache. Yeah, well, you know what? I, my one lift, I did a lift ride once, and the dude didn't have the mustache. I was very upset about that. Um, that's the only reason why I lifted was because I wanted to ride in a car with a mustache, and he didn't have a mustache. But um, <laughs> but it's all good. It's oh, all good. Um, you know, I would love to talk to you about um, some ideas that I've been having um, that maybe you might be able to help out with. Um, we'll talk about that. After you know, off air, but um, of course, it's it's that time where I got. I'm gonna plug some of the stuff that you got coming up here. Obviously, first and foremost, Cat Rubbish Show and the Darling Misfits is out on. Is it on iTunes? It's on. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Go and and, and just find it. You'll just Google it. You'll find it. Um, you can get, go to catrubbishow.com uh, uh, for information. April 21st in Los Angeles. If you're in the Los Angeles area, come and hang out with Cat. Uh, at Hotel Cafe. Ticket information will be up on my website once it's available. Uh, that's rubenj.com. You can probably also go to catrubbishow.com. There'll probably be info as well as Hotel Cafe. It's just not out as of the recording of this podcast, uh, but hopefully it'll be out sooner rather than later so we can start promoting that. Cat, um, is there anything that you want to tell your fans right now as they're listening to this uh, or anything you want to promote? Um, I would just like to say thank you for your continued support. And, um, there's, I say this all the time, but I can't stress it enough that, um, the most awesome thing that you can do as a fan is share my music with your friends because mm -hmm. there's nothing stronger than word of mouth. Um, that's the way that I find out about all my music is, is, is friends, people that, that I like and trust that know, you know, what kind of music I like, um, you know, recommending it to me. So, um, if you love my album, please share it with your friends and drag them, screaming and bloody, uh, to my show. 
so that I can keep playing the shows. Um, and thank you. Well, Kat, thank you so much for, for joining me today. Uh, Whenever you need me to, to promote anything, make sure you know you know you got my number, you got my Facebook, you got all that stuff. Message me, let me know what you need promoted, um, and I mm-hmm. will I will promote the hell out of it um, as the best I can do. Um, again, go buy the album. Seriously, just just buy it, just buy it. Even if you don't listen to it, just buy it. <laughs> um, are you just are you just whispering? Buy it, buy it, buy it. <laughs> I'm just I'm just whispering. Buy it. Hopefully, yeah. if I if I say it six times. No, wait, is it Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice? Buy my album, buy my album, buy my album, please. <laughs> please. You know, whatever. Feed, or not. Help feed a starving musician. That's, that's what we're going to do. I am starving as I sit here eating my lentil soup. I am so hungry. <laughs> um, no, but, no, but really. I mean, no, you know, not to get preachy, but, but a lot of people don't realize that um, things like Spotify, um, like, you know, the streaming services that you don't feel guilty about listening to our music and never buying it because you think we're getting paid. We're really not. It's such a, it's not even a, it's not even a cent that we get paid. It's so, it's so low. Granted, I am on Spotify because I have to compete with everybody else, but and it's okay. Like if you want to listen to us on Spotify, that's totally fine, but at least buy like one of our songs. Yeah. Or or just buy a bunch of tickets. Yeah. Buy a ticket to our show. Um, it contribute in some way because it yeah. really does, you know, it really, really, really does make a difference. And I think a lot of people also don't realize, um, you know, they think when you go on a show like The Voice or, or any, you know, any artist they see up on stage and they think is doing well. Um, no, <laughs> just because like the music industry is just in a crazy, crazy time right now. Yeah. And, um, if, and if you're not if you're not contributing in some way, if you're not going to the shows, if you're not buying the album, you're not telling your friends about us. We don't. We can't. We can't continue to survive. And yeah. I heard. I've heard so many times now that um, you know, that several years from now, the only musicians that are going to be left um, are going to be our rich hobbyists, <laughs> <laughs> because you know you can't. I mean. If, if, if you can't afford to be an artist, you just can't be an artist. Yeah. Well, and here's here's a, here's a weird, real quick story. Um, I don't know if you heard about this, but David Cook uh, from American Idol season seven, who was a winner of American Idol, won mm-hmm. tons of money. I mean, that was when Idol was paying big record deals if you won, um, plus a big cash payout. Uh, he he did two albums and then left his label, and now he did an interview recently. He's like. There was a serious while where he was thinking about going back to bartending because he'd make more money as a bartender than what he would as a winner of American Idol, you know. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. Which is which is mind boggling, you know, because you think he sold millions of records, you know, mm-hmm. his first record sold millions, his second record sold a couple hundred thousand, you know. It's either how low of a percentage are the record labels paying these artists now, or you know how many of those records were really legitimate sales or, or and you can't even think he won American idol and he's not able to make a living off of this, you know? And, and, yeah. and, and, and for me, it's like, okay, now I feel bad because I use beats music and I listen to everyone's album as it come out. But you got to realize that beats music probably pays pennies on the dollar, you know, as opposed, because you know, they're not going to pay everybody what, you know, you know, if I, you know, I spend $10 a month on my, um, on the music, their overheads probably $8 per user. You know, and the other mm-hmm. the rest of that money they have to divide equally somehow throughout the, all the artists, and then someone like yourself who's not 
you know, uh, a big, huge name brand, you know, you're not going to have people listening to your music nonstop, you know, over and over and over again to where the dividends make sense, where they will write you a big check, you know? Yeah, but I mean, even even Lady Gaga, I mean, people are like, why did Taylor Swift pull her her album off of um, Spotify? Because oh, yeah. Yeah. she can make a lot more money getting her fans to buy her album. Um, and she can do that because she's Taylor Swift. I can't do that because I'm, I'm Cat Ruby show and <laughs> not that many people know who I am yet. And, um, and I need, I need Spotify to help me advertise my music. Although yeah. I don't think it's really doing, doing that. Um, unless you know, on Spotify, I, I just don't, I don't understand Spotify, but, um, yeah, I mean, the thing is, it's like, I think Spotify is great. If you want to go and preview somebody's music, yeah. if somebody says, "Oh, you should you should go and you should listen to this album," I think you'd really like this person. So go to Spotify and listen to the album, and then if you like it, buy it. Yeah, it's ten dollars. Yeah, it's so cheap. Um, you know, and then and it's funny to me. Like sometimes um, I'll have people say, uh, "I want." Your, I want a hard copy of your album and they'll give me their address and they'll say please send it to me <laughs> and I'm just like um, I will if you pay for it Right. God. And it's well, kind of like, now you're paying for package, you know, packaging. Now you're paying for yeah, shipping. I have to walk my ass down to the post office. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, you end up and, negative. You, know, you end up, and, and you end up owing yourself money at that point. Yeah. I end you up know? owing myself money. And it's like, it's like when people, when people go out to eat at restaurants and they don't tip their waiter for whatever, like if their waiter is terrible, you know, then take it up with the, with the manager or whatever. But if your waiter did a decent job and you don't tip them anything, your waiter literally just paid to wait on you because it's yeah. coming out of their tips later on in the evening because it's a percentage. And, and it's, and it's the same thing. Um, it's the same thing, uh, with, with the music. And it's like, you know, I will, I will give, um, if it's for, for promotional causes, like if it's a music blog and they are using a song of mine, um, as a giveaway to, to generate like, Oh, who is this person? You know, and then it's a really, really great promotional tool. But if the person already knows who I am and they just, they don't want to, I don't, I, I still don't understand the phenomenon of people not wanting to pay for music that they like. Well, you know, it, it's, it's today's, you know, generation and I don't know why, how it's spread so widely even to, to older people. Um, but you know, I'm at this weird age, you know, being, being 22 where I grew up paying for music, but I also grew up in the iTunes generation, you know, so mm-hmm. where, where I, I've also downloaded a ton of music illegally over the years and have now regret doing so because so many people lose money off of that. But I'm in this weird position where, yeah, I think, you know, yeah, I think that people should give out their music sometimes, but at the same time, I also think, I also agree with, with artists being paid and it's this weird thing being in this generational like split but people who are five years younger than me you know they're, all they're used to is, is is spotify and youtube and and never have to pay for an album in their life you know uh-huh. uh but then they're paying two three hundred dollars to go see this person in concert you know where that doesn't make sense to me i'd rather pay ten dollars for an album and pay fifty dollars for a ticket you know than uh-huh. than get free music and have to pay overpriced ticket you know ticket prices um, that by the way, the artist doesn't get to see that either because scalpers bought them at a much lower price and they're making, you know, 300% profit off of it. Um, yeah. it's, it's the music business needs, needs to be fixed somehow, some way, shape or form. But right now people, you guys can do your part by buying her album. Do you have any merch that people can buy on your website? 
Um, I do have the hard copy of my album on the okay. website. Um, I'm, I'm really excited. I, I found um, there's an artist that I really admire. I'm not even gonna, going to attempt to pronounce her name. I will butcher it. Um, <laughs> she's, but she's, a, she's a foreign artist. She's amazing. Um, and I will be posting her um, everywhere once uh, once it comes out and then people can find her. But, um, yeah, I mean, I've bought a ton of her artwork in the past. Um, and I reached out to her and I said, hey, would you be willing to do an illustration of me um, for a T-shirt? And she said, yeah. And I was just really excited. So um, it's going to take a little while, but eventually I'm going to have T-shirts up. Um, and her her company is called Heartbeats Club. Two words. Heartbeats one club is the second word. And yeah, no, I'm not even going to try to pronounce her name because it is. I'm not really sure where she's from. Um, but the her yeah her name is gorgeous. I just can't say it. <laughs> well, never mind. It's all good. We'll, we'll definitely let me know when that comes out. Cat Robichaud, thank you so much for Cat Robichaud. Dang it! Take a shot, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for for being on the show again. 